Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We have the two of you from the Matthew Reardon Center for Autism. First, introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about what your roles are within this organization. Patty, I'll have you start. Okay. Uh, I am the president and CEO of the whole corporation. We are a nonprofit 501c3. And uh, my job is primarily to oversee the financial structural uh, portion of the business, but also to uh, be sure that we are meeting all regulations. Uh, we're bound by HIPAA regulations. Uh, we also have, um, or we are, are an accredited school, so we have state regulations that have to be met and followed. Uh, I work with the board of directors. Uh, Molly uh, is our big fundraiser now, so I don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> which is really lovely. Um, but uh, primarily, I do the business of the organization. Awesome. Okay, I'm Molly White, and I am the development director at the Matthew Reardon Center for Autism, and I'm the fundraiser. I um, also reach out to the community and find us, help find community partners. I write grants. I plan our um, events, which, you know, our big one is the autism conference, but we do have several family events throughout the year, too, that I help with. Okay, and so you guys, give me a, a background of this corporation, what you guys do, why it's important for you guys to be in this community. Uh, the Matthew Reardon Center started out as a summer camp for children with special needs. A group of parents, Matthew Reardon is a real person. Matthew is about 35 now, I think, um, and was born typically, but in, developed encephalitis um, from a mosquito bite and was left with brain trauma. And so his parents and uh, friends got together and they started a summer camp for student, for children with special needs, the purpose of which was to minimize the educational regression over the course of the summer. Um, it worked so well that after the fourth summer, the parents decided to make it a year-round school. And so we are. Uh, we, are, we operate Advanced Academy, which is Southeast Georgia's only year-round day school children with autism. Our school year starts in August, it ends in July. Um, and so we were incorporated in uh, 2000 and have operated Advanced Academy ever since. And at, initially we were a school for children with a lot of different spe um, special needs. In 2008 the demand for autism services had just taken off and so at that point in time the board director changed our uh, focus to working with children with autism. And of course, in the ensuing years, uh, the incidence of autism has gone from about 1 in 2,500 children to now 1 in 36. So it is um, a neurological condition that children are born with, and it is really having an impact on children right now in our society. So we're able to um, help them develop the skills they need. It is a developmental it is a <laughs> developmental delay disorder, and essentially what, it, what that means is it impacts children's ability to communicate, their ability to um, socialize, um, their abilities to manage emotions uh, in such a way that it's delayed, and it's delayed to the point that it creates disorder in their, in their lives. And so autism, unlike some uh, conditions, if you really work with children who have autism, uh, particularly if, in our case, we use applied behavior analysis, which has about a 70-year history of success with uh, people with autism, we can help those kids catch up 
and, and uh, develop the skills that all people need to live and be productive and have relationships. And so that's what we do at, at our school. We also um, work out in the community with our advocacy program. We have a staff advocate who works primarily with um, parents and families in public schools who are uh, not receiving the services that they are um, guaranteed under federal um, law, or the parents just need some help working out how to write an individual education program for their child, and our advocate works sort of as a liaison between the school and the family. And so that's one of the ways we get out into the, into the community. But our other, our really big push out into the community is our annual conference, which is coming up this week. And that conference has drawn uh, people from all over the United States and Puerto Rico. Um, we've had some 6,000 people attend our conferences since the year 2015. Uh, took a big break, of course, with COVID. Uh, but we did reestablish the conference last year, and we're doing it this year, and it's, we're beginning to grow again. So we're, we're very excited about that opportunity to really provide educational instruction for families, caregivers, healthcare professionals, educators. We do a lot of things for, uh, we do a lot of presentations for teachers because, as I said, one in 36 kids, our kids are everywhere. They're not yeah. just at the Matthew Reardon Center. They're, our, our schools are full of them. And so these are children who just need some extra supports, uh, but they need certain kinds. And so that's our, our goal is to not only serve the children who attend our school, but also to help educate our community at large. Um, we're getting ready to move into a pre-employment transition service program uh, in collaboration with uh, Employability and Georgia Vocational Rehab Agency, uh, which we're really excited about because, again, Gives, gives our kids a chance to develop the skills, particularly the social skills, that they're going to need in the workplace. Uh, if you think about uh, our society, you know, we have home social skills, mm. we have school social skills, we have church social skills, we have high school social skills, we have college social skills. And then you go out into the workplace, and it's a whole different set of social values because in the workplace, you're expected to collaborate, you're expected to be independent, you're expected to initiate, to follow through. All of those important components of successfully being employed, and yet when you get to the workplace, there's no one there to provide that extra support for our, our kids who have been de developmentally delayed. So we're really stepping that program up in our school. I'm very excited to be working with vocational rehab agency and with employability, we hope, uh, to uh, provide services for teenagers and young adults so that they can transition easily and successfully from education into employment. Tell me more about the conference that you guys have and how people can maybe sign up for next year or get involved. Well, and they can also go to our website because we will post the workshops. Um, yeah. We'll be, they, we will have links to the resource list. For the resource yes. List, but mm -hmm. also for the workshop. PowerPoints yes, they will all be up on the website. Yeah. And um, some of the ones I've seen so far are, it, you can figure out without <laughs> the presenter pretty much where to go. We have this really cool one about play and development and how important play is in development. And I was looking at Matthew's um, PowerPoint this weekend, and it's just, you know, it's just a good resource to have. 
And last year we did um, a workshop on community resources with Julie Hardman, who just recently retired from the public school system, and Pauline Shaw. And they, it was a little too much, (laughs) but they literally hyperlinked everything you needed to know on that PowerPoint presentation. So, I mean, if you need to know how to apply for a Katie Beckett waiver, you can go to that presentation and click the link. It's just a really cool, because I mean, our purpose is to get information out there because so many special needs families, I mean, I know because we are one, you just don't know. You have no idea. It's like, this is a kept, this is a well-kept secret and um, it shouldn't be. Yeah. For the conference, what should people expect? Um, Well, we have a good mixture of workshops that will be for professionals and educators and for families. So we try to do a balance of both. Um, You can learn anything about individual education plans. We have several uh, workshops about that. We have um, several workshops on behavior. I tend to book workshops on things that I'm dealing with. <laughs> and behavior is our big thing right now. <laughs> She's, ooh. Um, but so there, we have a few on behavior. We have, um, there's this one, and I'm, this one fascinates me. And I keep talking about Robbins because there, apparently there's a correlation between handwriting and behavior. Oh. And she has all these tips and, you know, ideas about how you can, minimize that behavior from that non-preferred task because especially in my house non-preferred tasks are going to be the biggest disruption to live to our lives so um she robin is coming in and going to tell you how to minimize those behaviors we've also got um uh, two people i'm really excited about from georgia southern university katie Haney and stephanie divine um they are coming in and doing a presentation on the educator part of the IEP process, but they're also doing another one about post-secondary success. And yeah, we can, we can provide you with all the resources until you're 21, Mm -hmm. but once you're 21, what happens? So Katie and Stephanie, and Stephanie runs this program at Georgia Southern and Statesboro called Eagle Academy. And it's a college experience for kids with developmental disabilities. So you're going to learn about that. And not only is she going to talk about that, but she's going to talk about all the other post-secondary resources that she knows of. And um, I'm super excited to have them because they are just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Patty, I'll come back to you. How long have you been in your position? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. (laughs) And so in those 10 years, how have you seen this organization evolve to meet the needs of the community? Uh, The organization's changed a a good bit. Our mission has not. Our school has grown from 12 students to over 40. Um, So we're we're doing, having a greater impact on a a larger number of children. Um, But our advocacy program has also really stepped up. We've had uh, three dynamite advocates fill those roles our advocacy program is available to families at no cost mm-hmm. so um, we encourage if you need if, if you are struggling to uh, get the resources or get the accommodations that your child needs you can go to our website and select the advocacy tab and request services and our advocate will give you will get in touch with you and then can help you navigate um, 
whatever it is that you need to help give you direction first of yes. all on what you need to do next, but also navigate how to do, how you do that. If you're working with your school system and uh, you need some assistance and guidance, our advocate is experienced and has uh, connections and also knows the rules and can give you guidance on how to make approaches. Um, being the parent of a special needs child can be very frightening uh, and very emotional. And so sometimes uh, it's helpful to have sort of a neutral party who is there working between you and a, and a school system that helps keep the temperature of discussion at a, at a workable level. Uh, also just being realistic about what uh, can and cannot be done. Uh, there is no cure for autism. What we do is we provide the supports that help the individual with autism learn to manage and live with their autism. And so um, I think our, our reach into the community has grown tremendously in the last 10 years. Uh, the number of families and, and educators. I mean, teachers are one of our biggest um, targets for educating them. Um, so that because they, as I said, these children are going to be in their classrooms, and they may not be diagnosed. Uh, one of the things about autism that makes it challenging is it doesn't usually have any physical characteristics, like say maybe Down syndrome does or some other um, disabilities. Our kids look like everybody else, and the autism can look like defiance. It can look like obstinance. It can look like uh, intentional disregard, you know, things that are, um, things that teenagers do as you, as you mature and you kind of get that way if you're a typical teenager. But for our kids, it, it happens when they're very young. And um, they may come across as, to say non-compliant would be using a kind word, because it's really, it comes across as defiance, and that's not what it is. It's, it is that neurological disconnect that they are uh, not able to do what you're asking them to do. And so we work with them to give them the tools. And one of the things that I've seen um, over the years, which is, which is great for our, for our community, is the acuity of support needs uh, has really increased for our organization. We take um, children now into the school that five years ago we would not have taken. The other, another huge impact for our students has been COVID. That time, um, and while Matthew Reardon Center, we were only closed for the five weeks that the state required. We closed the day the governor said we had to close. We reopened the day that the governor said we could. So our um, absence for our, for our current students was very short, but for uh, well over half of our students now were not in attendance at our school during COVID. They were in public schools, and public schools were not doing in-person classes. Uh, and so uh, online classes is not an effective no. way for our students to learn. It just, they, they need that personal face-to-face -face interaction. Uh, they need to develop a relationship with the instructor that motivates them to want to learn, to want to um, cooperate, to want to um, even associate uh, you know being mo most kids with autism would be just fine if you'd leave them alone <laughs> you know that that they, they don't need social interaction they want it 
but they don't they don't naturally have those skills um, like typical children do. Um, so those are some of the real challenges. That, the COVID, it's, it, even this year, Molly and I were talking about it um, on the way over here. There's just a real difference for um, a seven or an eight-year-old with autism, which we, of course, have in our school. They were out of school when they were five, mm-hmm. right, for a year. That's huge for a developmentally delayed child. And so we are, we are really seeing um, an uptick in the severity of services that students need, um, and we are able to accommodate that. Uh, in part, one of the things that happened that really has changed um, the organization and our community was in 2015, Megan's Law was passed. And that was the law, uh, the General Assembly here in Georgia passed Megan's Law, which required insurance companies to pay for applied behavior analysis support services, which made them affordable for families, which meant that now the colleges are training behavior technicians and behaviorists. Uh, Georgia Southern's um, College of Behavioral and Social Science has a strong program for um, ABA, very autism-focused. Savannah State has an ABA program that they are revving up as well. We we get interns, uh, practicum students from Savannah State, uh, which gives them a, a, an enormous opportunity to see what autism really looks like in a lot of different kids because it looks different on every on every child. Yeah. Um, so, um, and we're able to do we're able to meet those support requirements now because we have a stronger pool, a larger pool in our community of of people who are prepared to do that. You know, the the behavior technicians, the behavior analysts, uh, special education. Uh, teachers are getting more and more training in autism. So that's one of the big changes I've seen is uh, when I first started in 2014, we were pretty much the only resource in Southeast Georgia, and now there are more. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a really positive thing, um, and and it's it's wonderful to see yeah. for our kids. I mean, yeah, and my little brother is also autistic. Mm-hmm. And so 30 years ago, there was nothing. I mean, there was just absolutely nothing. My mother had to go drive to Atlanta for his doctor's appointments. We had, what, like two speech therapists? Mm-hmm. No occupational therapists and, may, and very few pediatric physical therapists. So things have gotten so, I mean, just in the past few decades, things have increased so much and it's been so great. Yeah. Yeah, so how can people um, interact with you guys? What's the best way to get information about the organization? I'd visit our website at um, matthewreardon.org. Um, it tells you about our advocacy program, our conference, um, our school, and um, gives you a little history of our organization. Um, and if you need to reach out to us, it'll tell you how to get in touch with us as well. Any final message to someone in the community that might be looking for somewhere to turn some help for their child, for their loved one, um, any message to them? Hang in there. Um, and um, if you need to know, if you need resources, need to know where to turn, give us a call. Because, I mean, we can at least direct you to somebody like B&B Care or Gateway who they can help you get the services that you need. Um, if you need help with your, with the school system, give us a call. If, um, you need to just know what kind of therapies should my child have, give us a call. We can help you get there. Amazing. Anything else? I do. I'd like to say something to, um, parents who don't have special needs kids. 
<laughs> and that is when you're out and about and you see a child that is struggling, particularly if they're struggling behaviorally, be kind. Yes. Be kind. Why do you say that? Um, again, because autism doesn't have physical symptoms. It has behavioral and communication symptoms. And a child with autism, it's very uh, easy to be mistaken as uh, an undisciplined, unruly, bully, defiant mm-hmm. um, you know, child that we all look at and say, why, don't, why doesn't that parent control their child? You know, the, one in 36 kids, that's a lot of children. And so, um, you know, you may, not be able to, you may not be able to help in a situation, um, but you can certainly be kind to the parents and be kind and, and, and warm to um, as much as possible in the, in the situation given. Absolutely. Well, Patty, Molly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for thank having you, us. Thank you, It's been great. <laughs>